Right. Really. Is isolation, total isolation. Yeah. I believe is completely contrary to the gospel. How do they feel about Jesus paying taxes? Do what now? How they how they feel about Jesus paying taxes? <laughs> I think that's that one oh, where I'm they sure just they say, "Johnny, kind of let's uh, let's flip it. the next page." You know, let's not read that <laughs> that passage. They have some good argument Render for him, Brandon, but I don't know yeah, I'm sure they do. Uh, okay, so Pastor Greg Boyd's book, The Myth of a Christian Nation, he bases his entire idea on Luke 4, 5 through 7, which is what we talked about just earlier there. Boyd emphasizes Satan's claim that all authority of all the kingdoms of the world has been delivered to me, and then says that Jesus uh, doesn't dispute the devil's claim to own them. Apparently, the authority of all the kingdoms of the world has uh, been given to Satan. Now, first off, hopefully you can see he's using this as an example of an er er erroneous uh, theological thinking, right? Can you see where this goes wrong, this, this, this thinking, this line of reasoning? Just because Jesus doesn't refute his claim doesn't mean he doesn't disagree with him, right? I mean, we, we want to be very careful to say just because Jesus to read into Jesus's non-claims or non-statements. I mean, who knows? I mean, the, this is just author Luke giving us what, what God wanted us to read and understand from this, this uh, moment, right? I mean, there, there were many things said by Christ. We know that from John, right? Mm -hmm. There were so many things done and I'm sure said that, that aren't in, this, in our Bibles, right? Because if, if that were true, what did John say? He said, I don't suppose the world could, could contain the, the, books the books in the world, yeah, that would be made. So, yeah, I mean, so this is like Jesus uh, never explicitly condemned homosexuality, but he affirmed marriage between one man and one woman. There it is. That's probably one right. of the biggest arguments that's thrown at Christ Absolutely. in the Bible. It's just not true. And so follow the reasoning here. Uh, Wayne Grudem's pointing this out as an erroneous way of thinking. Uh, Boyd goes on to say, uh, functionally, Satan is the acting CEO of all earthly governments. And again, we talked about how that's... Uh, a wrong yeah, view. just to throw you one thought, I, I haven't said this in a long time, but, but, uh, but God kind of put something in my heart back years ago when I was here, first came here. You're, you're either, when it comes to the scripture, you're, you're either going to pick cherries or you're going to what? Remember that? None of y'all remember that? Some of y'all said you did a dance with it too. You, you pick cherries or you thresh wheat. You're going to do one, one of those two things. When you're, when you're reading the Bible, you're either going to gravitate to the passages that, that you always heard and that you're always comfortable with, and, and that's going to limit your knowledge and growth and knowledge of God, or you can go all the way through the Bible, and when I say thresh wheat, that means just to be more thorough and more purposeful in allowing God's Word to inform you instead of just going to the text that, that you... That you it, there's nothing wrong with, with like having a favorite passage. I'm not saying that. But if you never go beyond your favorite few passages in the Word of God, you're not going to have a full knowledge of the whole unity of the Old and New Testaments. And so that's one of the dangers of what this pastor did. He took one scripture and built an entire theology on it yep. when he should have taken the entire Bible and done that, and he would have avoided that error. Do you all see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Okay. And this is why we trust people like Wayne Grudem, who yes. when you read his systematic theology or the book we talked about tonight, uh, it's scripture all throughout it, I mean, when he's considering these things. And so, absolutely. Uh, Greg Boyd is clearly wrong at this point. And Jesus tells us how to evaluate Satan's claims. For he says that Satan has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. 
When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the, uh, and the father of lies. So basically, uh, what's being pointed out here is that Satan was obviously lying to Jesus um, in that regard. The Bible speaks totally different about our, respon- uh, our response to government. And I have a few, actually I have these uh, three passages yeah. uh, quoted and pay, here. Pay, pay, pay close attention to, the, to these passages because they're, they're very important. I mean, all of God's word is important, but specifically these that speak to this issue because I, I don't know that I've ever lived in a time, well, let me start over. I don't know that I remember a time where the issue of government and politics is as hot as it's been the past five to ten years. I, I just, I don't, I don't remember a time. And so it is so important for us as Christians to, to, to leave the traditional thoughts of how we're supposed to, to apply or to understand this behind and embrace what the Bible teaches us. It, it's yeah. critical in, in this time, in, in, this, in this season, for us to apply what the Scripture says. What does the Bible say? How are we supposed to approach this as believers? Because there is a lost world watching. And the last thing that we want to do is run people off from the church because we don't do it the way the Bible teaches. Because we're going to be held accountable to, to God for that. I believe yeah. that with all my heart. Absolutely. So go ahead. Uh, the sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. Yeah, yeah. right. How, how awesome is that? Yeah. God is in control. Romans 13, 1 through 6 there, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do, then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. Don't you love that? Mm-hmm. He's God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger, who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are uh, ministers of God attending to this very thing. So, you go ahead. The authorities are ministers of God. Wow, I mean, that's that's incredible. so So when is it okay, according to this passage... When is it? Let's let's try to interpret this and do a do a um, a case a case study just briefly by asking a question. When is it okay to not submit to the governing authorities? When is it not okay? Correct. When the authority when the authority clearly is not doing by biblical definition what they're supposed to do. So when the government begins to punish good and reward evil. That is when we as believers peaceably, let me emphasize peaceably, Mm -hmm. peaceably resist, okay? Uh, You saw Operation Save America come to our church hosted here back in the summer, okay? That is is a very good definition, I believe, of peaceably resisting abortion, okay? They peaceably resisted. 
Um, not, not, not everybody that's affiliated with that or, or that, is, that came there, I mean, because they draw all kind of different people to it. But the leadership of those groups, they are strictly peaceful in the way they do things, and they demand that. And so yeah. just wanted to say that. Well, and, you know, you have Scott Horde who, right. you know, he peaceful. was... Yeah, exactly. I mean, even even to the fact that he was told uh, there was a certain amount of the premises he couldn't be on, and so he obeyed the law, right. and he stood outside of that, and right. then he got innovative and put like a little stepping ladder, right. <laughs> he stepped up on the stepping ladder, right. and he became innovative. So he wasn't breaking the law, but he was surely trying to plead with those women right. to so, save those so there, children. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with, with Christians... Uh, you know, fighting for injustice, you know, as, as long as we are doing it in a peaceful way and telling the truth, we, we, are, we are not only supposed to do that, I believe we're mandated by God to do that when the government oversteps its bounds. Because we are supposed to be a pillar and buttress of truth, Paul said to Timothy. Yeah, and so if we see things and know things that are, and, and I'm not talking about conspiracies, okay? Conspiracies have been and always will be everywhere. And I don't know, I, I still don't know how you discern what is and what is not true when I, I don't even know where to go to for the truth anymore. But if you know for a fact, like abortion, I, 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 don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to read what anybody says about that. I know for a fact based on the Bible that that is absolutely outside of the will of God. It should yeah. not be happening. Babies should not be being killed. I have yeah. no problem with holding a sign, with, with, with putting things on my Facebook posting, I don't, preaching against it, speaking against it, whatever. But other things that I'm not 100% sure that this is true, I'm probably not going to go running off into it because I don't know that it's true. And if I don't know what is true, I don't want to be used as a pawn in somebody's hand if I'm not sure that it's true. Yeah, and when we, when we, especially as leaders, as we go spouting off those kinds of things that we have no valid evidence for, then, uh, then I think what you said earlier, that's what begins to turn away certain people because it's like, well, you, you don't really have any evidence for that. So, and that's what makes us angry when we have like, you know, someone who quotes back at us some reason why they don't believe scripture. And it's like, well, you have no idea because they haven't taken the time to study all of the all of the evidence is for why scripture is really true. Right. And so, yeah, interesting point. Okay, so uh, first Peter, oh, got a raise hand. One thing on that, yeah. you were just talking about is you yeah. can count on Jesus' promise because if you're looking for discernment, yeah. he promised us the counselor. Yeah. And if you look into it and you ask him, he's going to give you a peace and you're going to know what the truth is. Yeah. Even yeah. in this crazy time. I mean, yeah. you can go to, you know, you can get away from the networks and go to Breitbart or news, but if you pray about it and just ask for discernment like Solomon did, sure. you're going to get that peace because he promised it and he'll give it to you. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, we know, just like you were, what you were saying made me think about it, we know that we can never go wrong when we go to this, right? Um, and, and really... Um, one of the primary roles, I think, of the Holy Spirit is, is helping us know this and what this says and how we're supposed to live in light of that. So, absolutely. Thank you for that comment. Uh, uh, so, First Peter, you want to read this one? Sure. First Peter 2, 13 and 14. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. <clears throat> That's hard to hear because, I mean, and especially in Peter's time, <laughs> yeah. Rome was not necessarily friendly to Christians. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's interesting that, that the very persecuted ones are writing to submit to the government. That's, that's, that's 
very difficult to, to believe and understand. Yeah, and, and actually I was going to say, I, I forgot this, but um, I was going to mention if you want a good study, you should study the apologists around the church fathers kind of day um, in the first century and the second century uh, A.D., um, because they were, these apologists, they were writing to the emperors who were persecuting Christians, yep. and they were pleading with them to see that, that Christianity was actually good for the culture. You know, they, they would argue the very things that you want, the very things that you're advocating for are the things that Christianity leads to. Uh, a good society, a wholesome society. Even if everyone's not believers, if, if we follow the, the code that Christ gave us, uh, it leads to a good society, a flourishing society. This is what you want, mm-hmm. O emperor. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, they, and, you know, and, and what they would say is, at the end of their letters, they would say, um, we're going to pray for you, but we're not going to pray to you. And so that was, their, that was their big protest, right? They said, you know, we don't believe you're a deity. There's the one true God. And uh, so, so look, we're going to pray for you. That communication of love, right? But, but we're not going to pray to you. And so, Do, do you all remember, do you, do you know the three, and I, I've started saying this and I can't remember the third. I know two of them, though. Do you all remember, and this is written, there's a book called Documents of the Early Church, uh, and I think you can go out and still buy it. That we got it in seminary. But there were three accusations that were brought against the early Christian church uh, that justified the persecution of the early Christians. Anybody remember what they were, the three things? One of them, believe it or not, was cannibalism. Why would it be cannibalism, do you think? Lord's Supper. Lord's You're Supper. eating the body and blood of Lord Jesus Christ, but it was symbolic and they understand that. Number two uh, was the fact that they had these love, they called them love feasts and, they, and the, 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 uh, the general populace of Rome uh, accused Christians of being licentious because they thought these love feasts were, because they called each other what? Brother and sister. Brother and, sister. and so they, 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 they accused them of being incestuous uh, at love feasts, and so they so they uh, they uh, accused them of that. And I can't remember what the third one was. Yeah, I, th- I know it was cannibalism. That and there was one other one, but I can't remember. Yeah, maybe maybe it was third. the not bowing to the emperor, because they would yeah. not they would not yeah. call the emperor lord or bow to him nor burn incense to him. Right, and in that one they would have been they were right. So right, but but right. the other two they were, and that's what the apologists would write against that ideology and say, hey. Christianity actually leads to flourishing, and let's clarify a few things. Love yeah. feasts are not incestuous. Yeah, there were so. several of those. Justin yeah. Martyr, um, Tertullian, yeah. um, Tertullian uh, Ignatius of Antioch. Uh, I mean, there was like, there was a bunch of them you should go read. It's really interesting. Uh, moral of the story, go read. Church history is amazing. <laughs> it's, it really is. You'll be, you'll be interested for sure. It'll keep you wrapped. Um, okay, so continuing government, uh, you know, the, the, the false ideology, the government's evil and demonic. Uh, at this point, discerning Christians should be able to see a more ominous spiritual component at the heart of Boyd's position. I think this is a really interesting point. Who would ultimately profit per, from persuading Christians that all government power over evil is wrong and demonic? Who would ultimately want to eliminate all use of power over evil by those who are followers of Jesus Christ? Who would it be? It says it there, but if you didn't read it yet be Satan, right? Satan himself would love if we gave into this ideology. We just believed that, that, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Because it's like, you know, yeah, Satan rules the, the governmental uh, powers. So we, we need to back off and not be a part of that. Well, that leaves a huge vacuum and a void for Satan to have a field day, right? Uh, we need the light in these dark places, um, the, these, these positions of power. We need Christians to, to have a voice 
and to be active, okay? Um, and, and like we've said the whole time, in a, in a loving, Christ-like way. Mm -hmm. but, but we need to have a voice. It's not wrong to have a voice. Oh, man, we're jumping into... That was it. That, yeah, that's, so that's, that's it for government, uh, evil, and demonic. So, so is all government evil and demonic? No. Okay, right, right. Yeah. It, 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 and I know that's tough to hear. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And when we say all government, uh -huh. I understand yeah. that not... Every single person in government in this whole world is evil. Mm -hmm. yeah. But don't you agree that Satan is involved in government? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I mean, I mean, that that was my reason for talking about abortion. Right. I mean, that in and of itself is right. evidence that there is something gone awry. Yeah. When, when you've got when you've got government officials who are pushing killing babies. Yes. Yeah. For up to the moment they're born. Yes. Uh, invasion of our country, yes. no borders. Yes. Uh, you've got people that are turning murderers out of yep. jail. There are yep. no laws. Yep. Well, and, and, that and plus, has to come from Satan. I well, know God is in control, and He can use that right. for whatever reason He wants to That's use right. it. But you have to think that Satan is right in the middle of that. Yes. It's certainly not a God thing. Right. You know. well, well, even the uh, the the one that that still kind of. I'm scratching my head on was the defund the police movement. Yeah, right. No I mean, that, that in itself, uh, and, and the, uh, the delusional ideas that people had in metropolitan cities. I mean, if you do away with, with the police force, your, your poorest, most vulnerable people in the country, they are going to be the ones that suffer the worst when you do away with, with, with the police force. So I don't know, I, 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 if, there, if there was anything demonic that happened over the past two years that came out of George Floyd and all that, that was, that was it in my opinion. Yeah. Because I, I mean, it's, it's still, it is, there's still a ripple effect of that everywhere. Uh, uh, Candace Owens, y'all need to watch for this, or I think it's come out already. She came out with a Black Lives Matter, um, it was a, um, she did a documentary where she followed the money that was generated through all that. And I think she proved that not a penny of that money went to help anybody. It was all stolen. It was all stolen and used in, in very perverted, uh, strange ways. Now, I haven't seen it. I just saw the preview. So I'm just telling you, you need to go watch it yourself and check it out for yourself. But uh, that, that whole time in our country was, was and it's still, it's, it's still going on, to just bl really blew my mind that they bought into the, into the defund the police movement. Oh. I mean, that's, that's, that's was insane. Yeah, so, so going back to, and Linda, I think this will connect again. I'm glad you brought that back up because we want to acknowledge that, uh, you know, if you go to 1 Corinthians uh, 4, 4, I think it might be 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, I think it's 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Uh, it talks about that the, the God, little g, little uh, God of this age, uh, blinds the eyes of, of those who would believe. Uh, so he's stealing the seed. Uh, we see that in the parable of the sower as well, right? Uh, this is that action. And it's interesting that it's, a, it's little g God, uh, of course, because it's talking about Satan. And so he is exercising a certain amount of authority um, you know, in these days, in these times. And certainly his time is numbered. So there's something else just for a little bit of encouragement for you guys. I mean, I, I, one of my very favorite statements in Scripture is that moment when Satan is cast into the fiery chasm. There's no part of my heart that has any, loses any sleep over the fact that our enemy, who, who even pits each, each of us against each other, attempts us to be against each other, 
that he one day will be completely defeated. Now, the way I say it is, you know, Jesus has already crushed the head, right? He already delivered the death blow, and now he's just bleeding out. That's the way I like to to phrase it. But, again, if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3, up there on the screen, I think it helps you have an idea of of how Satan kind of has that that rule and that authority. Uh, And then you see, I do think there's some credence to Luke 4. I don't think we should totally neglect Luke 4 in the sense that there is some type of, of power and influence that Satan uh, has right now in the kingdoms of men. I, I don't think that, and I don't think that's what Wayne Grudem was saying, that there's no uh, exercise of a power or, power or authority uh, from Satan. And clearly, like you said, Linda, we can see that. We can see that. Because it, truly, at the end of the day, uh, you know, do we fight against, and I'm just going to say it, you know, do we fight against people, well, let me say this, do we fight against people who put policies in place that we know are unbiblical and we don't like? Of course. Uh, no. Fight, the, you, mean, yeah. you mean like through voting, or what do you mean? At the end of the day, we don't fight against flesh and blood. Oh, well, you're talking about, yeah. Right? We fight against right. the spiritual powers. And that means, that does mean sometimes that we, we will speak out. So that's what you were yeah, saying. We I'm will saying. speak out against what they say and what they do. But at the end of the day, we're fighting against those powers and authorities. Now, and again, I want to remind you, though. Okay, we, we've got to remember this truth. Any authority other than God's is a given authority. Satan is not outside of God's bubble. Uh, God is in control, like Linda was saying, too. Mm-hmm. God is in control. And, and, and we, have, we don't know all of the ins and outs. That's because we're not God and he is, right? We don't know why he allows certain things to take place and why he doesn't. Um, you know, I've had frustrations in my life, and it took, it took years sometimes, a few years before I ever was given an answer. And God didn't have to give me that answer. I'm going to point you to one person, okay, to remind you of this truth, that, that God is ultimately in control, and he's the one who's ultimately gives Satan, he's given Satan a certain amount of authority in this time, in these days, right? Uh, it's Job, right? Mm-hmm. God is, is in his counsel, and Satan comes before him. And I want to remind you, I've said this before, so I'm going to take the, the surprise is gone. I wish I still had it, but I don't anymore. Uh, it's God who mentions Job's name first, right? It's not Satan, because he's going to, God has a plan. He has, we see in Job's lifetime a, a mini picture, a mini window into God's sovereignty of, of the things that he can accomplish and do by allowing Satan to, to wreak a little havoc right now. We don't understand that. We don't know that. We're not, we're not supposed to understand all of that. But one thing I will tell you is Job says something at the very end of the book that he would have never said if he had not gone through the trials he went through. Go, go to the end of Job here, Job 42. And, and I think this verse makes the whole book worth reading, okay? Because I'm going to tell you, it's, 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 a, it's a little bit of a trek making it through Job, okay? If you've ever read Job, it's a little bit of a trek. But you get to the end, and it's totally worth it. Because Job says, I'm going to actually read just a few verses, starting in verse 3. Job was wrong to a certain degree, right? Very righteous man. But he, he had a, a question, a doubt about God. And, and that's when he was wrong. And that's where he was wrong. And this is, what, this is his confession to God. Uh, he makes this confession. I'm actually going to start in verse, I'll just start in verse 1 of 42. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of, your, of yours can be thwarted. Wow, we could just stop right there and just have a world of conversation just about that, right? No purpose of yours, O oh God, can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? 
He's the one. He's saying, I'm the one that hides counsel without knowledge. Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. How powerful were those words? He's quoting God there. God, those words were powerful to me. I'll question, and you answer if you know it. And what was the whole lesson there? You don't know, right? That's what God was teaching Job. You don't know, Job, and I know. And the only thing that you have to do, your only responsibility is to trust me because I have you and I know. So he says this in verse five after his confession. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes, my eye sees you. Now my eye sees you. I don't know why we're in this crazy day that we're in, but I know that if I keep faith on the other side of it, I'm going to claim, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, Lord. I'd heard about you, but now my eye sees you. Hmm. Isn't that the goal of our faith? Mm-hmm. That we would see God more, in more complexity and more beauty? I was driving home today, and I was thinking about the wind and the trees and, the, and the God's creation and the way, and I was listening to Christmas music. I know, major fallacy right now, but I did it. And I'm not, I'm not proud of it. No, I am. I don't care. Um, and it was just reminding me to rejoice, to rejoice in, in what God is doing and what he's up to. And, and just, just the fact that he has intricately woven this thing together that I don't totally understand and I'm just along for the ride. And when I remember that, it's an amazing, it's a powerful thing when I render myself over to God and I say, Lord, I don't know, but you do. Okay, so I just want to remind you of that, that he's in control and, uh, and we can submit to that uh, in, a, in a beautiful way. So, Any other questions before we go to view number four? About- yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. God will intervene somehow. Yeah. 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 I, I understand. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we that's are a all, good confession, though. Yeah, I think we're all control freaks to a certain <laughs> degree. I mean, yeah, 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 and that's and that is a beautiful desire um, to want the good. I mean, goodness. <laughs> got yeah, we want yeah, the good. Got his hand up. That's a good word. Our Sunday school lesson Sunday was on Jonah, mm-hmm. and I was looking up some information on it, and one of the things that I found was this as one of the great truths emphasized by this book is that God can use people who do not want to be used by him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It amazes me, too, you know, God uses a pagan king like Cyrus mm-hmm. to do his will, you know. He's, he's 
you know, he's orchestrating these things, and again, we don't totally understand. And, you know, Cyrus just went about his day doing his thing, you know, thinking he was, you know, the hot stuff of the day, you know, making these decisions. And God was like, I'm going to get the final laugh, Cyrus, because you're doing exactly what I want, right? And, and through that, praise God, something, something we, you know, that, that tangible, the, the Jews could see in that moment, in that day, God was allowing them to go back to their land, uh, which, by the way, why were they in exile to begin with? Why did something terrible happen to them? Idolatry. <laughs> because of their own stiff-neckedness, right? I mean, that Being a was... Bunch of, acting like a bunch of heathens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, anyway, really good discussion there. Yeah. Okay, so just a little bit of uh, foray into view yeah. number v- four there. Yeah, view number four. What does that say up there, y'all? Do evangelism, not politics. So what is the thought behind that? That if we'll just get out and get everybody saved... Everything will be, be right. Amen. Right? Is that going to happen? No. No. It, it doesn't matter. You could send out, I mean, two million missionaries into the domestic United States, and I can promise you not everybody in the, in the United States is going to be saved because the Bible is very clear about that. And how do we know that? Because there are several passages that say, yeah. wide is the gate and broad is the way to where? Oh. Destruction. How many find it? Many. Very many. Narrow. And hard is the gate to life. And how many find it? Very few. Yes. So, yeah. go ahead. Oh, that's all. You're going to say that text? No, you were not. Okay, Brandon. He had it, man. Okay. He had it. He Chip had it has his in. hand up. Even if you're all saved, it's still not going to help because you're not going to agree because we're Presbyterians, <laughs> we're Episcopalians, we're Baptists, <laughs> we're Lutherans. Right. We're, Everybody's we're still ideas. affected, man. Yeah. We're still yeah. affected yeah. on this side. Agree, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so the idea behind this one is, is that we, need, we don't need to put any effort into, into the political process at all. We need to focus completely. Go ahead. Would, no, finish your thought. Oh, no, no, no. You go ahead. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be exactly back to point number one that you... A little bit. If, if that was the case? Yeah, probably. It would be compelling religion. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So do evangelism not politics. So a fourth wrong view about Christians... And politics is promoted by evangelicals. And who are those people? Who's the evangelicals? Who's that? That's us. That's us. Okay, some of us. Who essentially say, we should just preach the gospel, and that is the only way Christians can hope to change people's hearts and change our society. Okay? Not entirely untrue. Okay? Because we know that real change only comes how? Through the gospel and through God. The problem is, not everybody's going to be saved. In fact, this is so you know, razor thin close to the truth that I, I was reading later, you know, I have the privilege of doing that in preparation, and uh, Wayne Grudem says something that almost kind of negates what he's saying here. And so, and, and every one of us, right, as, as, as theologians attempting to be theologians to study God's word, we wrestle with these things, right? And so there's, there's definitely credence to what he's saying here, but this is the one that my sympathies go out to the most, right? This is the one that like, and I think, actually, in fact, this was the one when we did the little raise hand experiment. There was a, there were some people who raised their hand because it, it is there. There's there's more than a kernel of truth in this, right? Uh, and we don't want to miss that either. That that just like Shelby was saying, our responsibility is to get out and and to proclaim the gospel, right? And and society will change as we do that as a result of that, right? You'll have less people. I, we were just hearing from a heroin addict who is no longer a heroin addict. Just today. Teen challenge. Yep, teen challenge because he was saved by Christ and his life was completely turned around. Now, if he was still a heroin addict, would he be a good contributor to society? 
Probably not. Probably not. Now he is because they are rescuing teens off the street and adults and they're teaching them about Christ and their lives are being renewed and changed. So yes, this is true. We just don't want to take it to the nth degree and say, well, let's just res resign ourselves from any governmental process and just, just only be about proclaiming the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. And as wrong as that may sound to your ears, um, when we shine the light into the governmental process, we are also doing our role of, of exalting Christ, okay? And so, anyway, yep. both end. Yep. All right, so let's keep on going here. What time is it? Time to stop. Ten, ten no, till seven. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll go five more minutes, yeah. and then we'll stop and do prayer. Um, so the next one is uh, too narrow. Is that right? Yeah. Huh? Too, yep. too, all right, so too narrow of an understanding of the gospel and the kingdom of God. Does Christian political activism or activity do any spiritual good? A short answer is that if it is part of what God teaches us in Scripture, then of course it does spiritual good because it is something that pleases God. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments, 1 John 5, 3. Therefore, following his teachings regarding government is one way of showing love to him. Are we commanded to be active in government? And I mean, I, th I think the answer to that question is yes. I mean, I think if we are citizens of a nation uh, that, that, that I, I believe we are you know, mandated by God to be participating citizens in the political process, uh, however that, you know, nation is, is yeah. formed. In our case, we live, in my opinion, one of the greatest nations on earth, amen? And, and we get to have a say in, in our government. And so we get to vote. We get to write our congressmen, our House of Representatives. We get to, you know, peaceably protest if we don't like the way things are yeah. going. So We're going to make a case later. We won't be able to get there tonight, but just to kind of give you a, a preface to where we're going, because we're called to love our neighbor, right? Because we are called to that, this, this, this is a command for us. Because we're called to love our neighbor, we are called to be active in government uh, in a way that would glorify God. Because, well, we're going we're gonna to hit on all of this later, but government is, is in place by God to, it really goes back to the Noahic uh, covenant mm -hmm. in chapter 9, Genesis mm -hmm. chapter 9, like you were talking about, but to allow society to flourish. That is, that is why government exists, to I mean, serve and, society and, and to allow it to flourish. And, and Rome is, a pri is, is probably the, the epitome of examples because in Galatians 4.4 4 it said, in the fullness of time God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born according to the law. And when did he, when did he send him into the world? At yeah. the height of the Pax Romana. Yeah. And, if, and, and when, when you study historians and they give you the background and the context for his birth and, and the vastness of the Roman Empire at mm -hmm. that time, I mean it was like he sent Jesus into, into the center of, of a of a nucleus of, of travels roads yeah I, I mean just just well we've acknowledged it, this before it's amazing that God allowed Jesus well he planned for for his son to come into the world right when uh, one of the best systems was ever made to carry the news from one town to the other and what was that roadways right, right? Mm -hmm. a society building itself becoming advancing. Technology isn't evil, right? We don't want to say that. I mean, you know, our advancements are not, are not purely evil. It's what human beings do with that technology that's, yeah. that's evil and wicked. Do you know the size of roads today? The size of railroads, the size of highways, all of that. Do you know where that came from? Rome. Rome. Rome standardized more, more construction principles of modern-day society came from Rome than anywhere else on earth. Anywhere else. But 
I was going to say. And you know where potholes came from? Not Rome, because Rome's roads are better than ours. They use bricks. We use, we use asphalt. So let's do these last few points, and then we'll stop for tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, governments do make a difference to the work of God's kingdom, and we just gave some mm-hmm. testimony to that. Uh, this is why Paul urged that prayers be made for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. That is, good governments help people to live a peaceful and godly life, and bad governments hinder that. And I would say what you saw, I'll go back to this example, what you saw was it two summers ago when, when all the riots happened all over the United States. I mean, you, you had people that had absolutely nothing to do with, with any crime, homes, businesses, cars, property, all over the United States, what happened to it? Destroyed, burned, I, I, I mean, ridiculous. And the government, most of the, the governments in those areas, what did they do? They encouraged it. They actually encouraged it to happen. That is insane. That is nuts. Yes, it wasn't, wasn't, nothing, wasn't nothing peaceful about it. My favorite, my favorite law enforcement agent in, in this, that I, that I the ones that I know, they're my favorite, but the ones I don't know, whoever that guy, whoever that sheriff is out of Polk County, Florida, y'all ever watch him? He's the guy that puts the pictures of all the criminals up on the podium when he talks about them. I love that guy. I mean, he pulls no punches, and I will never forget, I will never forget when, <laughs> when all that started, he, he took two pictures. He said, this, this is a protester, and it showed a guy with blue jeans on and with a sign and you know, he said, this person is welcome in this community. As long as they do it peaceful, they are welcome to come here and say what they want to as long as they're peaceful about it. Then he put that picture down. He said, this person, this is a rioter. You can see the face mask. You can see the gas mask. You can see the, the, the overalls that are, that are designed to withstand tear gas and all this kind of stuff. This person is not welcome here. And I'm telling <laughs> you right now, if we catch you, we are putting you in jail. He said, also, I have heard that many of you have, have, have said, and it's on social media, so I give very, very low credibility to all this. He said, but some of them have been saying that they will be going into the community, uh, into the community home, to family homes. Let, let, me, let me warn you right now, if you value your lives, do not do that, <clears throat> because I encourage my local residents to have guns in their homes. And I have encouraged them publicly, and I will encourage them now, that if you try to go into their homes to take their guns and blow you back out of their homes. And I was like, I want this guy to run for president. That guy is great, man. He is a great law enforcement officer. I'm done. So yeah. prayer. Let's do prayer. Prayer. Prayer, yeah, before everybody thinks I'm just a hey, maniac. Uh, real quickly, we yes, have something exciting yes, coming yes, in yes. because I printed too many. I brought one up here with me, so so that way we wouldn't waste paper. Um, so uh, on Wednesday nights, in starting in January, we're we're launching into something cool and new. We're gonna, we're going to do discover groups, and uh, we're calling them discover discover groups because uh, it will be a time of equipping, a time to grow, a time to discover uh, new areas of service and new ways to serve that kind of thing. Um, the classes that we'll be offering right now uh, for that first uh, unit, I guess you yeah, could say, or first whatever. few weeks. First few weeks, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, biblical manhood, uh, that'll be by Shelby. Uh, we have family ministry training, that'll be uh, from Clayton there. 
uh, speaking the truth in love, uh, how to give godly counsel to those in need. That'll be from me. And then we have biblical womanhood. That'll be Angie and Joanna. So those are our, we'll have four offerings there. So in other words, there will be nothing in here. These will be all uh, smaller, smaller breakout groups in the side rooms. So we'll, we'll have sign-up sheets for that and all that here pretty soon. Yeah. We just wanted to try to kind of whet your appetite with it. And we'll launch this, I think, on January the 4th when we come back from the, from the new year. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and really what this is for is to equip you for the mm-hmm. works of ministry. You know, that, that language from Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 12 there. Uh, and so, you know, um, me just selfishly, I'm going to be teaching biblical counseling to try to, you know, have a few more biblical counselors in the house of the Lord. Um, and, uh, Clayton will be, you know, you heard that family ministry training. He's also going to be, he's going to be teaching you how to minister, uh, in those areas of youth and children. And then he's going to be launching you into those ministries. So um, I know you all are just chomping at the bit for that. So uh, really, some of you. I have nothing on this one, so I'm that's all. I'm sure are excited for it. So uh, we're really excited. I think it's going to go over really good. Um, okay, so just a few prayer requests we have here written down. Uh, Bruce's dad recovering from knee surgery. I want to be praying for him. Um, also, we have um, Jeremiah Lang, his friend Brent Lyons. Am I saying that right? Lyons? Uh, lost both of his parents in the past month uh, to age and health. So we want to be uh, praying for, for him. Um, is he from Donut Shop Friend or is he karate? Okay, karate friend. Um, okay, we'll be praying for him, brother. Uh, and then uh, Walter and Martha put on here, uh, friend uh, Dennis Skiles. Dennis Skiles uh, has been hospitalized for seven weeks, uh, truly, he really, truly does need our prayers. Uh, he's been hospitalized that long, so I want to be praying for him as well. Any other prayer requests tonight? Do we miss anything? No? Anything on your I think, end? No, uh, um, I, I don't, is, is Jack Cantrell home? Does somebody he tell me he's home? home. Okay, yeah. Jack's home, good. Keep rem- uh, remember him still, though. He, he still needs prayer as he continues to recover. Uh, Kelsey gave us a report on Larry that he's continuing to slowly improve. Yvonne Chambers, I think, is going to have to, um, she's looking at another surgery, whatever the, the surgery she had last time, I don't, I don't think worked for her. What about Marty Loveman? Uh, Marty, as far as I know, slow improvement. Uh, he, there was a picture, I think, online of him standing up or something not too yeah. long ago. So Praise the Lord, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. We're praying for Tim Elijah, remember Tim. And uh, let's see, uh, Beverly Carmack, still praying for her. She, she's having some, um, some issues with her back from the previous surgery that she had. And I think, I think she went for an appointment today or tomorrow. I think I, think, I think I heard that. And let's see. I, I guess that's I've it. And cool. Mike, Mike got reelected, so that was good. Mike Woo! Sparks got reelected. So. Uh, one other thing, too, real quick. Um, I was, I'm going to mention this on Sunday, but I'll go ahead and mention it now, too. Uh, Senior Adult Luncheon, don't forget, um, please sign up for Senior Adult Luncheon if you're planning on coming. Uh, Always just helps us to keep account uh, on who's coming to that. And there was something else with that, Rhonda. Can you remind me? It was uh, bring the cocoa packets, hot chocolate. Please bring hot chocolate. That's for Lighthouse, isn't that correct? Yeah, the packets. We need the packets. Don't bring your homemade hot chocolate. You know, we love it. It's great. (laughs) But please don't bring that for this. You can bring all of that to me, okay? And then the rest can, the packets can go to everyone else, okay? Yeah. Uh, or Lighthouse. <clears throat> um, also, j- just for a matter of calendar, uh, we will not have Wednesday night Bible study on the 23rd, which is the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. 
we figured that everybody would be in the kitchen. Is that an amen or preparing Cooking. food for, for, for family? You will not be in the kitchen. Okay, Steve. Cooking your pizzas, right? <laughs> so getting your pizzas ready. Right. Um, okay. And, I, and it's just so that you know that. I don't think the rest of the rest of these, these uh, dates, we can announce them later in the month, next month. So we're good. Cool. All right, man. Praise All right. Anybody? Uh, Walter. Yes, shoe oh, boxes yeah, are shoe due boxes Sunday. Due Thank Sunday. you. Well, Thank we've, you. Yeah. we have had some flock note reminders go out to everybody to try to keep you in the, because I know it's hard to remember to do those things. We finally got around to doing ours today, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay, let's pray, guys. Lord, thank you so much for this evening. Um, I love that your word gives us guidance on, on how we should engage uh, politics, Lord. Um, no one else has a rule book like ours, Lord. No one has a guidebook like ours. You guide us, Lord, tenderly and lovingly, Lord. You, you show us how to interact and how to engage. I, that just builds so much confidence for me, Lord, that I, I have your truth, oh God, creator, the one who, who created government. It really, truly came from your hand, oh Lord, because uh, it was your will and you allowed it, Lord. And so I thank you, God, that you have given us a way to engage, uh, Lord, this world in, in all of the different facets and ways that we can engage it, and one of those being uh, the political system. Um, I thank you that we live in a country, Lord, where we get to go and we get to vote and we get to make our voices heard, and we get to say, we get to affect change, Lord, in, in this political system, and we get to vote for people who uphold uh, your word as closely as, as, as they can, and uh, we, we want that, Lord. We, we pray for that, Lord. Um, not that government would compel religion, but God, that um, we would have people who love you, Lord, in, in those places of governmental authority. Um, what, how, how beautiful that is when that happens, and we thank you uh, for where it's happening and when it happens, Lord. And yet, please, Lord, even if the governmental system like we're experiencing right now is, is chaotic and wild and crazy, especially what we experienced in 2020. Help us to continue, like Linda said tonight, Lord, I loved her words, uh, that we can only, we're only responsible for what we can do. And, um, and Lord, all the more let our light shine brighter for you, Jesus. All the more let it shine bright. And, uh, and Lord, let us not neglect our responsibility to be involved, but Lord, let our, our, bright, our light shine bright, Lord. For you, Jesus, we love you so much. And God, I thank you that you love us in return. You care for each one of these prayer requests tonight, oh Lord. Um, I, I, I don't know how these prayer requests make, make each individual feel who requests them. Lord, those who are sick. Lord, those who have family members that are sick. Those who have friends, Lord, who have lost parents. God, I, I don't know how they feel, but you do, Lord. You know how they feel. Lord, you, you sympathize with us in our weaknesses. Jesus, you came. You felt the, the weight and the pain of sorrow. Lord, you know, and you, we can cling to you, oh Lord. We can cling to you in those difficult, hard moments. Lord, I think about uh, Brent, Jeremiah's friend, and I pray that he knows you, Lord. He, if he doesn't, I pray that this would be a moment for his eyes to be opened and for him to cling to you for the first time. How beautiful. Lord, that would be in the midst of his deepest, darkest days. Lord, I plead for him that he would know you, Jesus. And if he does already know you, Lord, I pray that he would be reminded. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to weep. Jesus, you wept at the loss of a, a dear friend. And Lord, it's okay for him to weep. But I pray that he would, he would not uh, mourn as those who have no hope, Lord, but he would look to you, Christ, and to be encouraged. 
Lord, I pray for those who are, who are struggling with health issues. Lord, I think about uh, Bruce's dad and knee surgery. Lord, would you protect him, guide him, be with him, help him in his days of recovery. Lord, that, um, that they would go quickly. Lord, and that he would be on his feet and able, able-bodied, Lord, and uh, to live out his days to honor you. Uh, Lord, I, I plead that. God, I beg. Uh, I think about Dennis Skiles, Lord, and being in the hospital and just how, how hard that can be, how heavy that can be to, to have to just be in the hospital where, where, where sickness is, Lord, and, and the acknowledgement that the body isn't working how it should. And God, I pray that, again, for him, that he would have hope in you, Jesus. You are truly our only hope, God, in life and death. You truly, Lord, are the bright light shining. Lord, I thank you for, for fun that we can have in these days. I thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Lord, the blessings of friendship, the blessings of a beautiful church building that we get to come to. But at the end of the day, that's not my hope. My hope is in you, Christ. You're it, Lord. I pray all the more that you would whelm up uh, like, like a bubbling spring, O oh God, that, that overflows, Lord, in our hearts in these days, O oh God. Would we just, would we be that light? Would, be that, would we be that infectious, uh, loving source, O oh God, that people can't help but, but, but see that there's something different about us because we've been seasoned with salt and we are a bright light in this world for your glory. Help us to be that, Lord. We love you, Jesus. As we go outside of these walls, help us to live for you and to come back faithfully uh, to praise your name again. It's in your heavenly name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in tonight. All of you, whoever you are out there, thank you for tuning in. Come worship with us Sunday, either on live feed or in person.